right, welcome back to the Canadian Gun Vault Behind the Vault Door. My name is Mark Morelli. I'll be your podcast host. Joining me again today, back by popular demand, Coach Nick Anderson. Coach Nick, thank you so much for being here. Always a pleasure. Go- Fresh off the firing line yeah, we are here, eh? Yeah, you know what? Straight from the Hamilton Gun Club. Yep. We, came, we came back from a day of shooting. Had, you have fun? Well, you shot, but I it was a pitiful performance on my part today. But it was still fun. It's you, always fun. You know what? Good it's times. It's always fun. Great club. Good times. Great club. Uh, great personnel there. Uh, if you haven't been to the Hamilton Gun Club before, you're missing out. Uh, they've got premier uh, trap, skeet, uh, five stand, and sporting clay grounds there. A uh, good bunch of people running that show. And uh, certainly during the summer, it's it's an absolutely beautiful place. Well, if you to have shoot. a shotgun, you got to check it out. Yeah, yeah. And if you live anywhere, I guess I guess that would be you know like Grimsby, Burlington, Oakville, Winona, maybe this side of Niagara, yeah. Burlington. Yeah, yeah. If you're anywhere, if you're anywhere within you know thirty or forty minute driving distance, it's definitely a club that you want to check out. And they pro and they're prorated too. So I mean, you can jump on now for what about one hundred and forty bucks for the balance of the year. Yeah, the girl. Quoted me today, it was like 141 and change, and I think it's October 1st is the next membership date. Yeah. Well, you know what? They've uh, they've certainly uh, they've certainly impressed me there. And uh, you know what? I want I want to before we go too uh, far yep. into our shooting day because I do want to talk about that. I definitely want to talk about what's going on at SNC Lavalin because I mean the, that's a surprise. The lab the lab scam, right? We lab got scam. we got we got to talk about that because you know it's it's come to light that Jody Wilson Rabel had recorded uh, several conversations. Uh, of course, she has text messages and emails as well to support her version. Wait to see those. I don't think they've been released yet, but looking no. forward to that. But I, I well, I'm willing to bet that she has them. I mean, if she's if she says she has them, she's so far she's come through on everything. Uh, like I mean, I haven't seen, I haven't seen uh, this level of scandalous behavior uh, from a government ever. But uh, it would appear as though everything that she talked about in committee was true, and uh, it looks like Michael Wernick may have. Uh, Conveniently forgot a lot of details. Well, I guess she reminded him, didn't yeah, she? Yeah, yeah. How was the, convenient! It was the conversation that he wanted to forget he ever had uh, was released, and I mean, we just listened to a small portion of it now, just yep. as a bit of a refresher uh, for the, for the people that are just walking in on this. Um, you know, Michael Wernick, the Privy Council, uh, made the claims that you know he in no way pressured. Uh, or played any part in pressuring Jody Wilson-Raybould to uh, go with a deferred prosecution and uh, to give the people at SNC-Lavalin a break from criminal prosecution. Now, anybody, if you haven't taken the time to listen, do give it. Take 15, I think it's 17 minutes and change. 17. You're doing the dishes, you're doing something, you're changing all in your car. Give it its justice, you know, just as a Canadian. I think we kind of owe it to ourselves. Um, this It's absolutely ridiculous. And and I think the fact that uh, Wernick had convenient amnesia, and then after the last, I'm not sure what the date was in September, I think it was the 17th or the 11th, something around that date, It's it's pretty evident that, uh, Jody Wilson-Raybould knew something was up because then she started taking notes, mm-hmm. detailed notes, yep. uh, started recording conversations. Why? Why would you do that? What would What would prompt someone to to think, or even have it occur to them that they would have to do that? Unless maybe down the road, uh, and her being you know a relatively intelligent person, kind of maybe saw the writing on the wall and said. I need to cover myself. This I'm not sure I like where this is going, and I think just the fact that that happened kind of speaks volumes and her to this moment to this day her testimony and her evidence 
is unwavering, and nobody has brought anything to light uh, as of right now that has been able to touch it. Yeah, nothing, nothing contradictory. That's nothing. for sure. And and you know, listening to uh, listening to the recordings, you know, if if the big question was. You know, in the beginning, there was a flat-out denial that there was any pressure that was placed on uh, Jody to, you know, do do something a little offside. Uh, you know, now it's become abundantly clear that, yes, there was pressure, uh, for sure. You know, like, I mean, you could make the argument that uh, Michael Wernick didn't come right out and say it, but, I mean, you can feel it. Any reasonable person who listens to that conversation who would have been in Jody Wilson-Raybould's shoes would say that's pressure. He repeated himself, essentially maybe changing a couple words here and there, the exact same script, uh, call it a script, call it what you will, I think five times within 17 minutes and change. So oh, easily. That's a, that's a pretty good average. What, you're every three and a half minutes, you're repeating e- the exact same thing. That's not pressure? E- e- easily. In my mind, you know, he repeated that the... Uh, Prime Minister was unhappy uh, that he was going to get this done. Uh, that who should he talk to? Who, yeah, who else can you who talk else to? Who else can he talk to for advice? He's he's going to start seeking out advice from others. Uh, why aren't you using the tools that are available to you? And to to Jody's credit, I got to hand it to her. She held the line nice and firm, and said and said very clearly, very clearly. I'm well, not, she was, yeah, I'm not, no, I'm not, no I'm, uncertain terms. Yeah, I'm not comfortable with this conversation. I can't believe we're having this conversation. Um, you know, we're talking about the. The um, integrity of the you know judicial process here and the independent prosecutors, like I mean, the fact that we created this law does not mean that we you know need to use it. Like I mean, it doesn't mean that it's going to be used just because we have it at our disposal. Because that seemed to be that seemed to be the the crux of the conversation was is that the prime minister wanted to know why she wasn't using the tools at her disposal, all the tools available, all the tools yep. available to you know enforce what he thought was very important, what he wanted done, and you know that he's in a mood, and you need to be aware of that, and you know and and, and to hear Jody Wilson Raybould say, I am not operating under under any illusion you know when it comes to this prime minister our prime minister getting what he wants and and like you you could feel it like she she verbalized it she said i'm not comfortable with it she said i'm I, more I, than I once yeah and i I'm, I'm i don't want to be in this position and you know just because we can doesn't mean we should and 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 this is one of the things that i think that's really important to tell our listeners is for me you know, listening and reading between the lines. And there are people that are going to accuse me, well, you can't read between the lines in a matter like this. I, I disagree. Uh, it became abundantly clear to me that she was dropping more than just subtle hints to him that things were not going right. Like saying, using using the uh, vocabulary she was, I she, she got very legal. She was uh, using, yeah, legalese. Yeah, she was, she was, she was, she was speaking in legal terms. Uh, she was definitely saying she was not comfortable with it. She uh, was confident that her her decision was was a good one and was the one that best insulated the prime minister from any kind of scrutiny because there already would be a number of individuals that would think that the uh, slipping in of that uh, law that would allow them to bail out essentially uh, a big corporation and help them avoid criminal prosecution and instead you know be uh, you know be subject to fines there was already going to be a number of people that would believe that that was generated specifically for SNC-Lavalin. And whether or not that was true, uh, it was irrelevant because that, that would be the perception. 
And I think people, Canadians being as forgiving as we are, I think if this was perhaps the first transgression for SNC-Lavalin and it didn't involve uh, $30,000 for prostitutes and, <laughs> and a yacht and everything else, and there was, I think they maybe it, it, people could understand and maybe accept the, the application of that deferred uh, clause. Yep. However, we're not talking about someone who who's this is their first transgression they've been down the show before and have been found guilty of um bribes in the past mm-hmm. so yeah the timing of um a law being changed that was brought in by the by the conservative government of Stephen Harper and then you know what two years later all of a sudden now there's a huge uh, a firm, a huge company that has worldwide contracts that employs 9,000 people right in Justin Trudeau's own riding, and all of a sudden now that law doesn't apply. Why aren't we in the repeated attempts to invoke the deferred clause is just, I mean, I mean come on. Well, well Jody, Jody made it abundantly clear that it was to be left to the discretion of the prosecutor, and the prosecutor had made their assessment and had you know, found that the SNC-Lavalin was not eligible for a deferred prosecution and that, the, that she was not going to step all over uh, her colleague, uh, you know, and, and effectively override the decision. And uh, I mean, like, forget how that would look. It would just be flat out wrong. I mean, if if somebody if somebody uh, has has uh, got themselves into a position where they're they should be trusted to make these kinds of decisions, to just step in and to uh, completely uh, you know crush the toes of one of your you know colleagues as the attorney general wouldn't be right, and the public would you know perceive it as uh, you know some heavy-handed sort of tactics uh, to bail out you know again you know SNC Lavalin, which you know has a number of jobs you know in Papineau. I mean, <laughs> like, like, well, no, I, I, you know because he's the member of Papineau, and I mean, heaven forbid he wink, should be wink, made. Nod, the, nod. You know, what could you? What could you imagine? I mean, I, I like don't get me wrong. I could totally see why Justin. Trudeau would want to force this issue. I could totally see why it would be important to him. I could totally see why, you know, he wouldn't want to suffer through the humiliation of the single worst government in Canadian history and, you know, to potentially lose 9,000 jobs, which might, you know, happen to be in his riding. Like, I mean, he's already looking bad enough these days uh, to have, you know, his riding suffer so terribly. Uh, You know, I could see why he might be motivated to do this. I mean, you still shouldn't. You shouldn't get actively involved in this, uh, and yet he he did. You know, so it kind of looks like now that it, it's he's willing to sacrifice his integrity for for nine thousand jobs. What integrity? Uh, oh, sorry. Wait, what? Honestly, I've never. Well, it's, it's it's a shameless display. This well, no, it's clear now that there is no integrity, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's you know, if it's if you're willing to circumvent the legal system to save jobs and essentially save save your bacon. I mean. Suit are you needs. working for all Canadians, or are you just working for those in Quebec, well, or it, those are in your riding? Well, it certainly wouldn't appear that he cares much for the Albertans. I mean, he can't even remember him when he starts listing off the provinces. I remember when that happened. You know, he was he Mis- was he was yeah. in a public place and began wrapping off the names of provinces, and you know, he 
Conveniently forgot Alberta. Or, or it, thanking First Nations for their contribution. Yeah. Recently, oh, how was that? Did you, you see? Like that did one? you see that? Yeah. What you a know slap what? in the face to, to all our First Nations brothers and sisters. Yeah. For the people that you know hadn't been keeping up to speed, uh, I guess Justin Trudeau was at some form of uh, Jet Set High Price fundraiser, and some protesters showed up who, who probably had paid to be there. They would have to you know have to pay to get in. I think, if I heard correctly, I think it was a couple hundred bucks a plate. Well, I it, think. It would, it would certainly explain uh, why, you know, he decided to say thank you for your contribution to the Liberal Party of Canada. They must have, you know, paid to be there. So when they were there, they opened up, uh, unraveled a banner yep. and began to, uh, you know, publicly speak out against this government's failure to take care of First Nations as it relates to drinking water. Mercury, uh, yeah, the mercury levels in the, in, in the drinking water on, on a specific First Nations community. Yeah, and then, and of course, you know, that person is like immediately escorted off the property, shuffled away by, you know, his, his uh, bodyguards, and then, you know, in, almost instantaneously, you know, as they're going out the door, he says, he says, thank you so much for your contribution, right? To and the then liberal- in classic... Classic liberal slash Trudeau form. The next day, of course, there was an apology coming. Yeah, I don't know if you saw that. I mean, what those are, are pretty hollow apologies what, now. I, you know, well, he well he didn't he didn't just do it once. He did it twice. Because then another guy stood up and said, 500 days. Would it be acceptable to wait 500 days to provide your family with clean drinking water? Because they've waited 500 days, Mr. Trudeau. And of course, that person was escorted off too. And Naturally. since he got since he got a good chuckle for the first time, he said, "Thank you for your contribution." He decided that he was going to do it. Again, I missed that one. Yeah, I missed the no, second he one. Did, he did. He did it twice. It, it, know, it didn't go over that. as well the second time because he's really an unoriginal idiot. So he decided he was going to do it. But I mean, ultimately, you know, how can you how can you avoid? looking like an ass when you when you you know escort somebody off the property for making what is probably a legitimate you know claim and a, and a concern you know uh, regarding the health of a community and you just in a very smug fashion dismiss that person have them escorted off the property and say thank you so much for coming out we appreciate your contribution right like i mean what a jerk and of course not knowing that it was a first nations member um totally just kind of uh, uh, the wind dropped out of his sails with respect to that because I think he there was some type of very formal apology in the first year of his of his term with respect to f- past transgressions committed uh, towards the First Nations people and I think that you know with respect to residential schools and that kind yeah. and then now you just kick out someone who's a member of a First Nations community I'm, I'm- who's trying to lo- li- like lodge a legitimate complaint and raise you know legitimate concern towards an issue. I'll bet you it's the only place she could get heard. I'll, I'll bet you, given given this government's track record when it comes to listening to complaints and, and the manner in which they conduct these, uh, you know, meaningful discussions. Like, I mean, I've been to the town hall meetings. They just, they, they're not, they're not it's listening. It's scripted. It's well, a script. Well, forget it. It's scripted. Like, I mean, the minute you come up with an argument that's contrary to what it is that they're trying to shovel out there, they, they shut you down. Yeah. You know, and if you censorship, get, and, and and almost immediately say, "We will ask you to leave." Oh, you feel passionately about this issue? We will ask you to leave. You know, like I mean, you can't even voice what concern. You know, oh no, you can as, as long as you're passionate about what's on the agenda for the evening, or if, as long as it falls with under the 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 umbrella of the liberal mandate. Yeah, like it just it just seems like it, the minute that you question, and I mean, it would all be, speak volumes about Justin Trudeau and and his affection for you know dictatorships. You know, like uh, like the ones in China and Cuba. Don't get me started. He was he was one he was one of two people that voted against 
allowing what was it Cuba he was he was one of the two people oh, that were outstanding the expansion the expansion of their rights and yeah he, and he and voted against it along, along with Iran and, uh, yeah. no, and North yeah. Korea yeah. like I mean that's like, great is, company is, is, there JT you know what this is this is where I get kind of you know, this is well this is where I get kind of like upset and I have to really you know tone it down because I want to I want to just scream like I mean what kind of ass yeah. you got to be yeah. right to side with uh, you know a, a country like Iran and North the Korea the, the communist countries that have a long history of stomping on people's rights and that's who you're siding with and, and on an issue of the expansion of people's rights in a communist country you vote against it well I think it's becoming increasingly evident that that Trudeau is a globalist versus um, a Canadian nationalist. And I don't mean nationalist from the stand that before everybody gets all freaked out and hyped up. Yeah. I'm not talking nationalist from the Nazi perspective or the white supremacist yeah. perspective. I'm talking about nationalism in terms of loving Canada and being proud to be a Canadian and, and bringing up benefiting do you you're as as the leader of canada you should do what benefits can of course he's going to come out and say that i am doing what what i feel is beneficial to canada but are you but see that's the thing is he says all the right things he's a globalist but his actions don't match his words we're doing what's best for canada no actually you're doing everything imaginable to sink this country into horrible debt and big businesses fleeing on mass you know people can't keep up with their bills gas prices are going up you're forcing the carbon, well, carbon tax. tax tomorrow carbon tax is kicking in go. tomorrow go, i don't Canadian. know if you i don't know if you guys have noticed but there gas go, prices Canadians. gas prices have been gradually creeping up and you know we went from uh Doug Ford taking over, and I know there's going to be a bunch of people that say, ah, that's just bullshit. I mean, you know, he didn't have any impact on that. When 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 Doug Ford won the election, I couldn't help but notice that almost immediately they scrapped the, uh, was it cap and trade? Cap and trade, yeah. They scrapped the cap and trade, and immediately we felt like 10 cent relief or 12 cent relief. And then all of a sudden, and, you know, maybe this was just the market at the time, but gas prices suddenly plummeted to levels that I haven't seen in a decade, you know, 90 cents. Like, I mean, 90 cents. Yeah, I, I remember one, the cup for a couple of weeks, I was paying 87 cents yeah, for like, regular. It was awesome. It was awesome. And, and, and yet now, you know, we've started to see it creep up to you know a dollar fifteen here in Ontario. Yep. I understand out west, it's it's ridiculously high that they're up to like a dollar fifty, or which is interesting considering that they're the that's they have the oil sands. That's yeah, like and there's a, there's a pipeline in where is that BC or where's that pipeline coming from? Yeah, but, 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 well, how about how about like we have huge oil oil reserves in Canada, yet we're paying the prices that we are for for gas. Well, again, you know, when you look at the, the structuring of the tax system, I mean, like, we have liquor. Like, I mean, I know this is a bit of an offshoot, but I mean, we have liquor that's produced here in Canada, right? And they sell it in the United States for less than we can buy it for. Like, forget travel time. It has to go down there. Like, it's actually, like, you've seen the prices of liquor in the United States. Oh, yeah. You right? go, yeah. Anytime you cross the border, you hit that duty free and get, get 226ers for a song and a dance. Yeah. But, 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 like, it's produced here. Yeah. It's produced here and they're, and they're selling it down there for cheaper than we can buy. How does that work? Same I, thing, same with the gas, yep. right? Same thing with the same thing with the gas. Like, I mean, and, and Justin Trudeau, again, has done a fantastic job of pissing off our, our neighbors to the south. Uh, we're not very popular right now. I can feel it when I travel across the border. Uh, and, th and that's not just me. Like, I mean, you can tell the Americans are displeased. They're displeased with the immigration policies. Which is very unusual. Yeah, usually they love our presence. And they love that our money comes down there into the United States. Which, by the way, the dollar is dropping. Like, I mean, It is. And I, I was talking to somebody at work the other day 
day there and they said they had read an article or saw something recently that they think it might get down to 65 cents during the summer. Like, that's absolutely ridiculous. I, I remember the last time it was down to 65 cents. And I, I remember what it was like to have to pay, you know, like double for things. Well, for the f- prices of food are just going to be ridiculous, well, I think. Like fresh fruit and vegetables. Y- 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 they already are. And, 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 you know, of course, now they've released uh, information uh, regarding how much more families, average families, will be expected to pay as a result of the carbon tax. And I, I'm seeing numbers like $1,000 more a year. Like, I mean, this during a time when people are having to decide whether or not they're going to feed themselves or pay for their heating. Like, yeah. I mean, like, like it's, it's, it's absolutely and, crazy. And combine that with a new Canada food guide that just recently came out. I'm not sure if you're aware of that. I am because obviously I teach health as being an elementary teacher, but they, they reduced the categories from four to three, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of protein, that kind of thing. But somebody did, uh, I guess a quick type of analysis study on it. Uh, once it was released and they think it's not going to be all that accessible because to eat the way they suggest is going to cost more. So now they think it's going to alienate people on, to an extent, people on fixed income or low income. And at the same time, they're trying to do what they can to discourage hunting. I mean, it's like, it's like you, you can see the push towards vegetarianism. Right, you could see, you could see. Listen, I'm a meditarian. I'm always yeah, going to be a meditarian. You're, yeah, you're you're car- you're pure carnivore like me, pretty right? much. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it, but you you get that soy stuff sometimes. You're, nah, little, you're a little funny. We go out and you get those cute drinks at the coffee shop. Well, and you know, I I I like I like coffees with like eight names now. Yeah, but just get a coffee. I got to wait half an hour before you finish your order. Dave spoiled me. He got me on like the mocha frappuccino latte nonsense. David is picking with with the cute drinks. (laughs) (laughs) Dave, Dave, if you're if you're listening, we apologize for picking on your underwear. Anyway, let's 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 go back to SNC Lavalin for a second because I mean we could talk about how Justin Trudeau is ruining this country ad nauseum for the next two hours if we wanted to. It wouldn't be hard. There's no there's no shortage of subject material. Lots of ammunition. Lots of ammunition. Yeah, and I mean, and I really do think that they're going to push that C seventy one through on us uh like ultimately for the people that you know don't know my opinion on the subject too vast uh you know i, I get i field a lot of questions on the uh, canadian gun vault page and a lot of people want to know what my thoughts are i i really genuinely believe that they may you know make time for you know jamming through that law will they have any you know opportunity to really enforce anything or make any major changes probably not but once they change the law and if they pass c71 it'll be really difficult to kind of turn back the hands of time you know nobody likes to give up power once they been given it which means that we the the legal firearm owner community in canada 2.2 million i think mm-hmm. it is we must be diligent we must redouble our efforts to put out a positive message to sign the petitions that come across our computer screens to do what we can do uh because on mass that's a lot of votes absolutely that's a lot of votes absolutely and it's going to be all that much harder to if we don't to try to undo something that maybe gets rammed through or pushed through it's it's going to be way more difficult to undo it as as opposed to prevent it being done to begin with. So, you know, and it's again, and you said it last time we spoke, I think, or the time before, uh, we kind of have to put, I don't know if egos is the right word, but if you're a shotgun guy or an AR guy or a pistol guy, kind of doesn't matter right now. Mm. It kind of doesn't matter right now. We all have to operate under the same umbrella towards one cause as a united community. And that that goes for um, all the, the firearm advocate groups too. 
uh, everybody's everybody more so than I mean I haven't been shooting all that long uh, seven years but we need to be on the same page and has to be a concerted effort gun lovers unite absolutely gun lovers I've been using the hashtag gun lovers unite right since I started this thing I yep. really I really do feel strongly uh, about that and I think that uh, even more importantly I think that we got to make new gun lovers out of the people out there I think it's important that we get out new shooters now more than ever I think there should be an enormous push now that we're getting into the springtime I want to see more people bringing their friends out onto the ranges I was just about to say that than yep. ever more friends more colleagues no more co-workers I, I want to see tons of new people out there and we're going to show them what it is that they've been missing and to top it all off we can discuss a little bit of politics while you're out there and uh, get them on board the conservative train and uh, vote out this government this nightmare of a government first and foremost though we're going to have fun when we take them out oh yeah fun fun That's safe, all, safe fun. a little bit of politics talk maybe a little bit of farm uh, education yeah but the the number one thing on the list is going to be fun I, I keep it simple if you're going to talk about guns and politics just say hey the liberals want to put an end to this after they've had a great time and they've enjoyed themselves gone home safely in the same kind of state that we picked them up in uh, i want them to understand that the liberal government uh, has no love for the firearm community and will put an end to all of this so maybe we should challenge all those people that that are loyal listeners and even those maybe that are, are tuning in for the first time that if you're a licensed gun owner get some person out get yeah. one person out that doesn't have a gun license make make yeah. a pledge to yourself make a pledge towards uh, uh, stopping C-71 and get somebody to the range it's the most effective way to do it I, yeah. I think I think sheer numbers like more and more people actually that's that's I think really the stimulation behind all this I, I think that if you examine it uh, closely enough you'll see that the liberal government is probably really really, really nervous about the number of people that are applying for their firearm licenses. I, I think that they, over the last, you know, six years, seven years, they've been watching the numbers climb and they're not liking it because too many people are getting switched on to how much fun it is and how safe it is and how everybody who is involved in it is not uh, involved in any kind of criminal activity. I mean, good people with guns. Imagine that. Go right? figure, eh? Yeah. Responsible. Yeah. Safe, safely store it, use it responsibly, yeah. uh, and are willing to share and talk about it and bring new people into the hobby. Yeah, like it's totally changed from 20, 30 years ago. Like you're not seeing guys bringing out only their best friend, you know, if that. You're seeing like whole parties of people going out there and having a great time. I, I think it's really important that people take advantage, you know, of the opportunity to get out there and experience a legal firearm ownership and operation. I mean, certainly you've done it now and I've seen you bring people out. I've brought out, you know, hundreds of people and I'm I'm always, always very pleased to hear that they get their licenses. We got a pretty high success rate there. Yeah, and I have had people, a number of people at work are requesting that uh, I take them out. Oh, so yeah. We, we got to set something up yeah. because I've had, there's about five people I work yeah. with that have never shot a gun. They're like, Nick, you got to get us out. Yeah. They're, they're absolutely dying to yeah. get out. I love that. I, you know, and, and, and most important, I love taking people out that you would never imagine would take an interest. Like, like teachers, you know, like a lot of teachers are very liberal, yeah. liberal minded, yep. you know, to have, have them ask, um, you know, and, and, and like, I've really noticed more and more like our, 
our message is really getting out there. I'm, I, you know, I'm bumping into people here and there and, and, and <laughs> having them approach me and say, you know, I know who you are. I know what you're doing and I love it. Uh, you know, we really appreciate, you know, what you've done for the firearm community. Uh, to everybody who stopped me and uh, spoken to me, I, I really do appreciate the kind wishes and thoughts. And uh, it's been it's been a wild ride, but I, I'm really, really uh, enjoying where we are right now. We're very organized as a, as a, as a community. When I say that, not, not just the Canadian Gun Vault, I'm talking about the lobby group. I'm talking about, you know, community members, like more now than ever, they're very switched on. I think if we had been like this maybe 30 years ago, we'd all be shooting Tommy guns at, 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 at Galt Sportsman's Club. Not, yeah. not that I think that that's necessary, but, I, you know, definitely things would be a lot different if we had been this organized 20 years ago. Well, I, just I, with, the, with the speed that information travels now, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, and, and, and at the same time, I see a concerted effort by the left to try and restrict how that information flows. And, and how, God forbid uh, free speech. Well, you know, like they They've, they've generated, you know, the Committee of Truth or the Ministry of Integrity or whatever it is. They've got a, they've got a panel that is going to determine, you know, what's fake news and what's not. And, you know, of course, they've, they've added nationalism now of to the list of things. Of course, headed by liberals, so it's, it's whatever the liberals deem as truth, so yeah. is it truth. Well, and Facebook has come right out and said that nationalism uh, is not, a, you know, subject material that's going to be tolerated on Facebook. It's going to fall into the same sort of category and heading as, as hate crimes. That they, they don't want nationalism in there, that they're going to, yeah. That's absolutely ridiculous. It's nuts. Like, I mean, hey, listen, I'm a white male. I love my country. Am I a Nazi now? No. Like, yeah. yeah right? like, but, but don't, so again, it's kind of like, it's kind of like the... The lawful gun order being grouped in with the gang member. Yeah. Right? So I'm a white male, and I love Canada, and I want want to see Canada prosper and be continue to be one of the top countries in the world. But because of that, I'm going to be grouped in with neo-Nazis and, and white supremacists and people that, that are racist? No. No. Bullshit. Well, you know what? We're going to continue to get our word and uh, message out there to everybody. Uh, I definitely am, you know, impressed with what I've seen so far. Uh, you know, just heading back, though, to the SNC lab yeah, yeah, affair yeah. for a second, because I really do want to get like back Michael there. You're like Michael Wernick right now. Yeah, you, you know, know what? Back you know what? That weasel, or, you know what? He, gets, he got up there in front of committee and, you know, said, I was, I don't remember. I don't recall. I didn't pressure her. I don't, I, you know, I don't have any recollection of that. But I, then again, I wasn't wearing a wire. When I heard that, I was like, uh-oh, somebody, somebody, right, has got a story up there that, that's going to break at some point. And sure enough, sure enough, sure <laughs> enough, she had recorded the conversation and he looks like an ass because, you know what, his, his like wishy-washy testimony of I don't recall and I don't believe I ever said anything like that and I never pressured her, his now, now we know why he resigned. Listen, you, people <laughs> don't, people don't record conversations just for the sake of it. Hey, she, she knew something was you, up. You know what, he, he's an idiot because you know what, if he didn't clue in by like the fourth time that she said, I'm not comfortable with this. I can't believe we're having this conversation. I've made my decision. I have made my decision. I will not be changing it. I've done my best to insulate this prime minister, right, from being wrongfully accused of, of interference. And, and he still kept on pushing. And kept on saying, well, you know, like, you know, you do have these tools at your disposal. And it's like, come on, man, take a hint, right? Like, you're, you're about to land yourself into the hot seat. Like, you got, you know, is, is this what we have leading our country? Is that the intelligence level that we have? I, well, I, I don't know if it's intelligence. I would consider it arrogance at this point, based on all the, this, the litany of items that they've been 
uh, that they're on the hook for and the amount of times that they've gone to, you know, th- had things go b- towards, the, or excuse me, before the ethics commissioner, I think it's just plum arrogance. Yeah, but well, you know what, though? Like, like Jody Wilson-Raybould, like, like she didn't pull any punches. She said, no, Michael, like, I've made my decision, and that's... It was clear it that was she had... It was very clear. Like, but, I mean, when I... To intelligence, I mean, you, you could be a year-and-a-half-old chimpanzee and maybe clue in that there was a problem here, that she was, she was repeating herself, and she was very clearly saying that, you know, I... I will not be doing this, and and you know, she's coming across like, well, I I realize that there may be some fallout from this, and he's not going to be happy, but yeah. this is my decision. Well, you know, like, why not? You've got you've got these tools at your disposal. That's why they're there, and and he he just kept on pushing. Like talking about beating a dead horse, I think that the horse was dust yeah and he kept going like, he just kept going well obviously it was important to him and he said he was he said he was going to go right back to, to he was going to be talking to good old jt he was going to was determined that this was, was going to go through well and sure enough don't they 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 come up with the lame-ass excuse that the prime minister was never debriefed on the conversation big surprise all right i i'd be i'd be willing i would bet the last dollar in my bank account that that is an outright lie that he did debrief him, that he did have that conversation, and that he is just outright. Li- I, I, I'll bet. I don't. I don't know. It's pure speculation on my part, but I'm willing to bet when he said, "No, the prime minister was never debriefed about this conversation," and this prime minister, right, being the weasel that he is, will hide behind that. You know, I. I don't know. I mean, the fact that he, you know, he Michael Wernick said that he was, she may receive a phone call from the prime minister directly. It, it sounds to me like the prime minister at least. Did did not make direct contact. He was smart enough well, to maintain see what, some distance from this thing. We got to see what comes out in the email or text messages. Maybe there'll be something in there that will, will allude to it. Who well, knows? could you imagine if if Wernick now was to say, uh, you know, okay, yeah, you got me. I, you know, I didn't remember any of that. Yeah, maybe I did pressure her, whatever. Uh, if you can get him to admit to it, uh, like, which is ridiculous to think that you wouldn't at this point. So we got someone in a position of power and influence, and this guy can't remember something four months later. That's kind of a problem. Something this serious, too. And, and of course, SNC-Lavalin CEOs are denying that they ever threatened to remove jobs or move move rather away yeah. from this area yeah. or, or the jobs were potentially going to be lost. Uh, I, the way the way kind of Wernick danced around it, he talked about intelligence sources indicating that, you know, jobs may be lost and the people, you know, they may pick up and move. And, of course, the CEO of uh, SNC-Lavalin is denying that any of that was yeah. ever said. You know, yeah. I don't know, a bunch of shifty bastards, if it you is, ask me. It is. Right, the whole bunch of them right, it, it, just seems shifty to me. Just how much more evidence do people, and I'm not talking about people that are liberal, conservative, NDP, what, just in general, how much how much more evidence do, do people need um, that that will require us to move forward and, and just do something about this. Like nothing's getting done. That's what's kind of pissing me off is, is day in day out, we're getting more evidence and it's like, Oh, I, I, I don't remember. Well, here you go. Here's your, here are your words. And it's clearly that he clear that he, he, he tried to persuade her, push her, pressure her, whatever you want. People resigning, like all kind. It's like, what more do we need? I'm I'm waiting for a couple more people to resign. I want to see Justin Trudeau standing there all by himself on that side of the room. I, I I'd like to see everybody panic, flee that ship, and another just say that I want. Well, you know, it's coming. If, if if another one leaves, they're gonna need to. Right? They're, yeah. they're gonna have to. I, I I've never seen so many cabinet shuffles. It's a you know, welcome to Friday, and you know this week's liberal yeah, yeah. cabinet shuffle. I mean, every <laughs> week it's another one. 
Well, before I forget, because I want to mention this earlier, and those people who listen know that I teach, and I'm an elementary teacher, and and I just have to put out a very sincere request to all those people saying, you know, make true to a Dharma teacher again. No, we don't want them. <laughs> like, we don't come, want them. Oh, come on. Like, seriously, come on. like, I, I have to, I'm not trying to be arrogant, but I, I am speaking on behalf of all teachers now. It's like, we do not want him part of our I, profession. I sorry, would, but I not would, sorry. Uh, you know what? I would not trust that guy to operate a toaster oven. I really, I really don't think he's capable of any degree of responsibility. He's a spoiled brat, trust fund kid with absolutely nothing upstairs as far as I'm concerned or or, or 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 he's brilliant and just a fantastic puppet for some kind of outside source that wants to see things done a certain way whatever whatever you know you you may subscribe to or conspiracy theory you may yep. subscribe to but uh, I, I personally think that he doesn't have a whole lot upstairs I mean just week after week it's scandal after scandal I mean I don't know how much more they can take exactly that's yeah. what I'm saying like what's you know what's next you know what I'm excited to find out. Yeah, so am I. <laughs> Moving right along, you and I went out shooting today. We had a great we time. We had a great time there at the Hamilton Gun Club. Uh, we managed to get out a couple of new products uh, given to us by Trigger Wholesale. Thank you to the good people down there. Mark for and Philly doing a great job. You Love know, the product. Everybody, whole team has been fantastic. A couple of things we got out, that double barrel pump shotgun. All right, got that Got that thing out. And, the and MH. I mean, you, well, you, you, what's that? The MH12. Yeah, the MH12 by Hunt Group. It's, yes. It's, it's a double. It's, so the, for the people that are listening, if you haven't seen it on the page yet, uh, if you've ever seen the DP12 shotgun, uh, that's a bullpup double barrel pump shotgun. This is the MH12, and it is a double barrel pump action shotgun. It comes in various uh, barrel lengths and uh, magazine capacities. We had two different versions of the gun out with us today, and uh, I believe I believe it holds like 16, 16 rounds. Yeah, both yeah. of them. Dude, yeah, 16. Like, well, I, you know what? Well, I'm not sure if the one. I think the one is like seven, uh, seven, seven and each seven? Two, So it would be 14 and two. But okay. I think I think the one that we had the longer was, version was the 16. longer version was like 16 and two. Yeah. So like I mean, and it's a handful, and, it, and it's a conventional loader. So it's not a bullpup design. It like it does have two mag tubes, but they're they're forward of the uh, trigger group. So it's not like a bullpup. You don't load it from behind or switch uh, sw- use a manual sw- switch to, to select which uh, magazine tube it feeds from. Like it's just a conventional loader. You pull the trigger twice, and then with each stroke of that foregrip, uh, two spent casings simultaneously jump out of the right and left it, side of the gun. It's pretty cool to see. It when, people see it on, when people see it on film, if we can get that up there, like the, it, it is pretty neat. We had quite a, quite a crowd growing. Well, <laughs> we, were, we were standing at Station 1 uh, on, on the skeet range, yeah. and, and we turned around, or I turned around, and I'm like... Hey Mark, there's seven guys. There's seven, <laughs> like seven guys watching guys. us. We were by ourselves when we got we there. We went down started, to the end. Yeah, we yeah. were kind of down the end there. We, we, you know, when we when we test new product, we like to kind of get, uh, you know, f- kind of out of sight for a little bit. You know, where we can enjoy some peace and quiet and uh, some solitude and really kind of focus. And these men wouldn't, uh, you know, like they just seemed to magically appear out of nowhere. Like they, they yeah, just came. I, don't know. I lifted my head up. It was like seven or eight people were there smiling, and it was yeah. like, oh hey, and and of course we let everybody try them. Oh, and, of co- absolutely. Yeah, that's, let, that's that's part of the, the, the fun. One of the fun parts of shooting is just, hey, introduce them to something that they're unfamiliar with. Yeah, and if you, if you catch us out there on the firing line, folks, uh, you know, if you see me, you see Coach Nick, you see anyone of our, our crew members out there, feel free to come up and introduce yourself. Please do. Please do. Uh, if we've got some new guns online, uh, I'm sure we'll be more than glad to let you pull the trigger. Don't ever be uh, intimidated to say, like you said, say hello, but ask about 
what we're shooting. If something looks interesting to you, you will absolutely be permitted to test drive. Yeah, that well, that well, that MH12 was very interesting, very cool. Yeah, uh, you know, it's it's big. It's not it's not it's not it, a small gun. No, yeah, <laughs> you might you might want to hit the gym a little bit. Yeah, maybe before you, you before know, you test drive. I, we didn't even load it up completely yet. I mean, that <laughs> no, we didn't. That's coming, but you know what? I, I can't imagine. How much heavier it's going to get when it's holding in, like what will be almost an entire box of ammunition? Yeah, yeah like you know, yeah, it's, there's it's 25 almost, to a box, yeah. and you can fire, get 16 in there. But no, it was it was it was really fun to shoot. Absolutely, I mean, and and you know, I'm a big fan of the Spas 12. Yes, and I would put this a very very close one uh, A one B, just in terms of coolness and badass factor. I mean, it comes with 10 chokes. Uh, you can you can load it up with 16 rounds if you find yourself in an apocalyptic situation yes. uh you can put a sling on it i, I mean it's just it's just it was it was fun i mean it's maybe you know it's not something you would want to go to and, and try to shoot skeet with i don't know on a regular <laughs> but basis we, but it, it we tried we tried we were relatively successful too I, it worked it works well with the eotech it, yeah, it did. It did. It, it worked yep. out with the EOTech, and then using the uh, the carrying handle slash you know open sight uh, system that that comes with it standard, you know, wasn't too bad either. No. I, you know, it, it definitely there's a lot of weight. So when you when, you're, yeah. when you're swinging right to left, you know, very quickly, it's, it, it becomes kind of a prisoner of inertia. Like yeah, I mean, yeah, the physics kicks in for sure. It's no Caesar Garini, that's no, for sure. It's but, not. But, but 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 that's like, but for pure fun factor yeah. though, and and I mean definitely wow. Uh, you know, oh, it's a head turner. Like guys are like, "What the hell is this? What, what is that?" Yeah, it's like, well, I just explained to him. Well, I was just out battling Tyrannosaurus Rexes. You know, <laughs> like it's it, 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 it's a pretty cool gun. And and and, and the big the big surprise sleeper uh, for me oh. today was the Laser Arms uh, XO12. The that, chubby, the chubby, the chubby. Coach Nick has nicknamed it the chubby. And when it's, you see it on the page, you will understand it's, why. You know what? It's gotta it's gotta be one of the coolest badass. Mad Max kind of inspired uh, double barrel over and under uh, traditional Full shotgun wood stock too beautiful wood yeah I like yeah. I mean and I've been I've been talking about this one on the page a little bit I think they're I think they're retailing for about six ninety five comes with ejectors comes it comes well I think there's some options I think you can Is have it? extractors or you can have ejectors the ejectors okay, yeah, are a little yeah, yeah. bit more yeah. um, you know and, and it's a, it's a break open uh, type over and under shotgun it's got it's got this beautiful wood on it and it's you know it's coming in at a decent at a decent price point but more importantly though when you uh when you swing a shotgun that has an overall length of 29 inches and only 12 inches of barrel like i mean it, it, it's kind of it's kind of comical when you bring it to the skeet range and you start crushing birds Right, like oh, I mean, yeah. yeah, like like I'm, I'm shooting this thing now. It, it, it comes with chokes, so you can you know you can you can definitely uh, constrict the pattern and, and use it at the at the ski range. We did it with you know open bore pretty much, and and had a lot of success. I, people asked me, they said, "Bring it to the ski range. Tell me if you can hit with it." Yeah. And you know what? You, we you, could. Yeah, you hit real well with it. Actually, I was, I was hit and miss, but doesn't matter. But you, but you hit real well with it. And those guys that that. We're standing there. We turned around. I think every single one of them had a turn, and every single one of them were successful. We with must that. have handed it off to about eight or nine people. I At think least. totally. But At yeah, least. Big Bill and Jan came out right from the Silverdale yeah. Gun yeah. Club. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A number of people that we had just met that day. Uh, everybody who touched it and shot it. It has one trigger, not two. 
Okay, and and there is there is a, a selector switch on the back that is part of the safety that will allow you to choose which barrel goes off first and whatnot. Um, I I don't shoot a lot of traditional type shotguns on an ongoing basis, but I really enjoyed this one, and everybody that. That, that shot it seemed to feel thoroughly, the same way. Thoroughly. Well, a guy guys seemed really pleased with the quality. I know I, I know that I was thrilled when I saw it. It's it's definitely a solid piece coming in around six and a half pounds. But like, what a fun gun to shoot! And all those guys were were guys that had quite expensive and very um, nice shotguns. Oh yeah, they're the, they're the, the, the Satori and Browning yeah. crew. You yeah. know, and and, and tr- truth be told, you know. You show up at a place like that with a with a shotgun that's only a couple of feet long, and people don't expect you to hit much. They watch you break a couple of birds, and then all of a sudden they start to wander up and say, "Hey, can well, I try that?" Well, the funny the funny thing is, I think I we it. I think we had eight shotguns there, and only two were traditional. The other ones were the chubby, yeah, right. Uh, the very the I had my uh, my Maverick there, yes, yes, uh, and, and they were all just very non traditional looking. Yes. And I think people were looking like, okay, do they just have, is that 1100 in that Mossberg 9.3 there just to make it look good? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know? Know, we brought the Remington 1100 Trap Edition out. You had your Mossberg out. There's two semi-autos, traditionally stock semi-autos. And then the rest were these fantastically tactical. And the, and, and the funny part is nobody gave a rat's ass about the Mossberg and the Remington. Yeah, it, was, no, it was all the other the other ones. Probably the, the shotguns that were most well-suited for this kind of activity were the ones that were ignored the they most. They garnered the least amount of attention. And garnered the least amount of attention. But I got to tell you, though, I was really pleased, though, to see uh, guys that typically you would not expect to yeah. enjoy. Like, like several people said, I'm getting one of those. You know, like that 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 Laser Arms XO12. We had a lot of inquiry about the chubby. Yeah. And, and you know, I was really surprised at how many people, like, took to it fast. And, like, yeah. the smiles were, you know, uh, telling. You know, I have, I've saw, I've saw a lot of people out there really enjoying themselves hitting uh, quite often. I, I know that I was pretty surprised at how often I, I hit with it. And there, there was a couple guys that stepped up to the plate and just, I guess, from their demeanor and, and, and kind of, you know, maybe some body language. I think they had some preconceived notions. Yeah, they were a little skeptical. Right. And then they pulled the trigger and like, hey, that's pretty cool. It's fun. Right. Everybody totally changed after yeah. they pulled the trigger. Yeah. And so uh, to the people that joined us today, if you're listening in, uh, we really do appreciate your participation in our review of some of these shotguns. I had a blast. I, you know, Coach Nick. Oh, you? I had a great time. Yeah. And, you know, we're, we're, we were, we're glad that you guys had a great time sampling some new product. Yeah. You? Yeah. And if, you, if you're listening and you get a chance to come down to the uh, Hamilton Gun Club uh, off of 20 Highway there, just uh, east of Centennial Parkway uh, on Rymel Road, great club. I'm going to encourage anybody that uh, likes to shoot sporting clay, uh, trap, skeet, or five stand to get down there and see about a membership. They're uh, they're really good people. They're looking for new members. I believe they've opened up their membership for the first time in a while, and uh, it's definitely worth looking into. Absolutely. It's a nice old club. Yeah. Well, they've been in operation for well over 100 years. Yeah, I 18. I can't remember what it was. It was in the late 1800s, but I mean, it's, yeah. it's been a while. It is, it is the, uh, well, I, I believe it is the oldest still running uh, trap and skeet club uh, in Ontario. Really? Yeah, if not Canada. Wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, I, I love the old pictures on the wall. Place, yeah, place, the nostalgia's place, pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, place has got a lot of great history. They've got they've got a great clubhouse. You can uh, have yourself a drink while you're there if you like. Uh, I don't believe they're doing food anymore, but uh, like I said, the uh, the rounds of trap are quite reasonable. Uh, they are. They do have shells on site to uh, yep. supply you with. Yep. Uh, under, cheaper for members, of course. Uh, under Yep, under lock and key and cheaper for members. So definitely check it out, folks. Coach Nick, that's about all the time we have. Thank you so much for being here. 
pleasure. Always a pleasure. It's a great time. Great stuff. Thank you so much for listening, folks. Hope you've enjoyed it. Don't forget to like and subscribe to us on YouTube. And as always, Canada, don't forget to shoot straight and stay safe.